Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be Alma chapter 48. Remember, now we're in the, in the war chapters of uh, the Nephites and Lamanites. This chapter is about Amalekiah attacking the Nephites. And also remember um, that these chapters are also showing us how to properly behave during war. And um, Moroni is going to show us how to do that, and some of those that are with him are going to show us the right way to execute a war and uh, to not be bloodthirsty about it. All right, verse 1, And now it came to pass that as soon as Amalickiah had obtained the kingdom, he began to inspire the hearts of the Lamanites against the people of Nephi. Yea, he did appoint men to speak unto the Lamanites from their towers against the Nephites. And thus he did inspire their hearts against the Nephites, insomuch that in the latter end of the 19th year, around 72 B.C., of the reign of the judges, he having accomplished his designs thus far, yea, having been made king over the Lamanites, he sought also to reign over all the land, yea, and all the people who were in the land, the Nephites as well as the Lamanites. Therefore he had accomplished his design, for he had hardened the hearts of the Lamanites, and blinded their minds, and stirred them up to anger, insomuch that he had gathered together a numerous host to go to battle against the Nephites. For he was determined, because of the greatness of the number of his people, to overpower the Nephites and to bring them into bondage. And thus he did appoint chief captains of the Zoramites, they being the most acquainted with the strength of the Nephites and their places of resort and the weakest parts of their cities. Therefore he appointed them to be chief captains over his armies. And it came to pass that they took their camp and moved forth toward the land of Zarahemla in the wilderness. Now it came to pass that while Amalickiah had thus been obtaining power <clears throat> by fraud and deceit, Moroni, on the other hand, had been preparing the minds of the people to be faithful unto the Lord their God. <clears throat> Much of Alma chapter 48 is a stirring tribute to Captain Moroni. At the beginning of the chapter, however, we are reminded of the preeminence of spiritual preparation. While Amalickiah had thus prepared by fraud, Moroni was preparing them other ways. Preparing what? Sorry to interrupt, but what do you suppose the rest of the verse will say? Had Moroni been preparing for more weapons and forts? No. The, the, this, the verse contains, or the verse continues, Moroni, on the other hand, had been preparing the minds of the people to be faithful unto the Lord their God. Once again, we see the power of faith in Christ and the priority of putting first things first, especially in times of war. And that was by John, by the way. Verse 8, Yea, he had been strengthening the armies of the Nephites in erecting small forts, or places of resort, throwing up banks of earth round about to enclose his armies, and also building walls of stone to encircle them about, yea, round about their cities and the borders of their lands, yea, all round about the land. Hugh Nibley said, Moroni's defenses were based on a series of strong points, being a defense in depth, as modern defense lines are, beside specially placed small forts or places of resort, towns and cities on the line were all converted into strong points. Such an arrangement that can take the momentum out of any military steamroller and slow down or stop any attacking force, no matter how formidable, by forcing it to reduce one strong place after another or else bypass the fortifications and thereby leave dangerous enemy forces in its rear to disrupt communications and launch harassing counterattacks on invading units. With this strictly defensive program, the preparation be being to fight, if at all, only on their own grounds, 
an early warning system was all important, and it was Moroni's idea that God himself would provide such a system if the people were only faithful. If they were faithful in keeping the commandments of God, that he would warn them to flee or to prepare for war according to their danger, and also that God would make it known unto them whether they should go to defend themselves. In short, God was their dew line, their radar and warning system, and that saved them the need of constant and, con and costly vigilance on all fronts, to say nothing of expensive and wasteful war plans and war games. This was Moroni's policy of preparedness. This was the faith of Moroni and his heart did glory in it, not in the shedding of blood, but in doing good. <clears throat> Verse 9, and in their weakest fortifications he did place the greater number of men, and thus he did fortify and strengthen the land which was possessed by the Nephites. And thus he was preparing to support their liberty, their lands, their wives, and their children, and their peace, and that they might live unto the Lord their God, and that they might maintain that which was called by their enemies the cause of Christians. And Moroni was a strong and a mighty man. Mormon masterfully abridged the, the scriptural record about Moroni, chief captain of the Nephite armies, demonstrating to his anticipated readers that this was a man most needed not only for his day, but also for our own. In accordance with Mormon's hopes, Captain Moroni endures as a model of courage and righteousness to many Latter-day Saints. His powerful example is obscured only by ignorance and misunderstanding of the world in which he lived. Brigham Young taught that the scriptures can best be understood by reading them as though we stood in the place of the men who wrote them. There is an immense historical and cultural distance separating Moroni from modern comprehension. This distance can be narrowed by striving to view Moroni within the context of his own world. That was by Thomas Valletta. Continuing verse 11, he was a, per, a man of perfect understanding, yea, a man that did not delight in bloodshed, a man whose soul did joy in the liberty and the freedom of his country and his brethren from bondage and slavery. I wonder if um, Mormon abridged the record here before his son Moroni was, was born, uh, so he could, and therefore he named his son, his son after this great uh, general here. <clears throat> verse 12, Yea, a man whose heart did swell with thanksgiving to his God for the many privileges and blessings which he bestowed upon his people, a man who did labor exceedingly for the welfare and safety of his people. Yea, and he was a man who was firm in the faith of Christ, and he had sworn with an oath to defend his people, his rights, his country, and his religion, even to the loss of his blood. Now the Nephites were taught to defend themselves against their enemies, even to the shedding of blood if it were necessary, yea, and they were also taught never to give an offense, yea, and never to raise the sword except it were against an enemy, except it were to preserve their lives. They must have understood the, the law of retribution as outlined in section 98 of the Doctrine and Covenants. And this was their faith that by so doing, God would prosper them in the land, or in other words, if they were faithful in keeping the commandments of God, that he would prosper them in the land, yea, warn them to flee or to prepare for war according to their danger. Ted Gibbons said, the epidemic of pornography was mentioned 372 times in the ensign between 1970 and 2000. From 1899 to 1969, this plague was only mentioned nine times in General Conference, and never before 1959. Elder Benson mentioned it in an October sermon. The prophets have indicated clearly where the danger lies, like Joseph bolting from Potiphar's house. This is a temptation from which we must flee. Verse 16, and also that God would make it known unto them whither they should go to defend themselves against their enemies. President Kimball said, We are a warlike people, easily distracted from our assignment of preparing for the coming of the Lord. 
When enemies rise up, we commit vast resources to the fabrication of gods of stone and steel ships, planes, missiles, fortifications, and depend on them for protection and deliverance. When threatened, we become anti-enemy instead of pro-kingdom of God. We train a man in the art of war and call him a patriot, thus in the manner of Satan's counterfeit of true patriotism in, in the Savior's teaching. Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. We forget that if we are righteous, the Lord will either not suffer our enemies to come upon us, and this is the special promise to the inhabitants of the land of the Americas, or he will fight our battles for us. What are we to fear when the Lord is with us? Can we not take the Lord at his word and exercise a particle of faith in him? Continuing verse 16, And by so doing, the Lord would deliver them, and this was the faith of Moroni, and his heart did glory in it, not in the shedding of blood, but in doing good, in preserving his people, yea, in keeping the commandments of God, yea, in resisting iniquity. Yea, verily, verily, I say unto you, <clears throat> if all men had been, and were, and ever would be like unto Moroni, behold, the very powers of hell would have been shaken forever, yea, the devil would never have power over the hearts of the children of men. Captain Moroni, <clears throat> the chief captain of the Nephite army, is a man Mormon greatly admired. He devotes a large part of his abridgment to the war wars fought by Captain Moroni, and may even have named his son after his courageous captain. The, the description of Captain Moroni in the Book of Alma gives some insight into Mormon's personality. He admires Moroni for his skill as a general, but even more for his faith in God. Hugh Nibley said, we, yep, uh, you do not expel evil from the hearts of the children of men by shooting them or blowing them up or torturing them. The Inquisition operated on that theory, nor can the powers of hell be shaken by heavy artillery or nuclear warheads. Nobody knows that better than Moroni, whose efforts to avoid conflict far exceeds his labors in battle. When he sees trouble ahead, he gets ready, ready for it by preparing the minds of the people to be faithful unto the Lord their God. Moroni remained righteous, strong, and powerful, even in an environment where, where death, suffering, pain, and hatred became the norm. The question can then be asked, can a Latter-day Saint be righteous in a military environment? The answer, based on Moroni's experience, is yes, and that was by Dean Garrett. Omar Bradley said, we have grasped the mystery of the atom and rejected the Sermon on the Mount. Ours is a, war, is a world of nuclear giants and ethical infants. We know more about war than we know about peace more about killing than we know about living. President Eisenhower said, every gun made, every warship launched, every rocket fired signifies in the final sense a theft from those who hunger and are not fed, those who are cold and are not clothed. This war in this world in arms is not spending money alone. It is spending the sweat of its laborers, the genius of its scientists, the hopes of its children. This is not a way of life at all, in any true sense. Under the cloud of threatening war, it is humanity hanging from a cross of iron. Peace with justice. That was by, uh, like I said, Eisenhower. Verse 18. Behold, he was a man like unto Ammon, the son of Mosiah, yea, and even the other sons of Mosiah, yea, and also Alma and his sons, for they were all men of God. Hugh Nibley said, Mormon tells us that Moroni was a man like unto Ammon and also Alma. Alma, it was recalled, after ably functioning as commander of the armies, high priest of the church and chief judge of the land, laid down all his high offices to go out and try to save things by bearing down in pure testimony among a stiff-necked people. They gave him a bad time when he came before them without any official clout, but he knew that the gospel was the only solution. Ammon, the mightiest fighting man in the Book of Mormon, laid aside his invincible sword to go tracting from door to door among a blood 
a bloody-minded enemy nation. His friends and fellow church members laughed at the deed. Verse 19, Now behold, Helaman and his brethren were no less serviceable unto the people than was Moroni, for they did preach the word of God, and they did baptize unto repentance all men whosoever would hearken unto their words. And thus they went forth, and the people did humble themselves because of the words, insomuch that they were highly favored of the Lord, and thus they were free from wars and contentions among themselves, yea, even for the space of four years. But as I have said, in the latter end of the nineteenth year, yea, notwithstanding their peace amongst themselves, they were compelled reluctantly to contend with their brethren the Lamanites. Our attitude toward war should, not, should be to be reluctant to fight, but realize in some cases it is absolutely necessary to fight when required. Yea, and in fine, their wars never did cease for the space of many years with the Lamanites, notwithstanding their much reluctance. Now they were sorry to take up arms against the, the Lamanites, because they did not delight in the shedding of blood. David was not allowed to build the temple in Jerusalem, because he was a man of blood. Continuing verse 23, Yea, and this was not all, they were sorry to be the means of sending so many of their brethren out of this world into an eternal world, unprepared to meet their God. <clears throat> Hugh Nibley said, Moroni's magnanimous, oh, Moroni's magnanimous nature as a lover of peace. I had a problem with that, uh, that word before, didn't I? Moroni's magnanimous nature as a lover of peace and fair play always prevailed. <clears throat> he always calls the enemy his brothers, with whom he is loath to contend. You cannot ask for a less warlike spirit than that of an army who were compelled reluctantly to contend with their brethren the Lamanites, who waged war for the space of many years, notwithstanding their much reluctance, who were sorry to take up arms against the Lamanites because they did not delight in the shedding of blood. <clears throat> in battle, Moroni always calls an end to, to the fighting and proposes a settlement the moment an enemy shows signs of weakening. And though surprise and deception are the essence of strategy, he refused to take advantage of an enemy who was too drunk to fight. That would be an injustice. He even made special excuses for sending spies behind enemy lines. With never a thought of punishing a beaten foe, Moroni sought no reprisals even after the gravest provocations. He was satisfied to, to take his defeated adversaries at their word and trust them to return to their homes or settle among the Nephites as they chose, even granting them Nephite lands for their rehabilitation. His attitude is well expressed in an exchange of letters with his friend Pehoran, who writes, we, we would not shed the blood of the Lamanites if they would stay in their own land. We would not shed the blood of our Nephite brethren if they would not rise up in rebellion and take the sword against us. We would subject ourselves to the yoke of it were, were it requisite with the justice of God. <clears throat> Verse 24, Nevertheless, they would not suffer to lay down their lives, that their wives and their children should be massacred by the barbarous cruelty <clears throat> of those who were once their brethren, yea, and had dissented from their church, and had left them, and had gone to destroy them by joining the Lamanites. Yea, they could not bear that their brethren should rejoice over the blood of the Nephites, so long as, they were, as there were any who should keep the commandments of God, for the promise of the Lord was, if they should keep his commandments, they should prosper in the land. And that's the end of chapter 48. I bear testimony that these things are true and that um, Moroni is an excellent example to us of how we're supposed to react in, a, in times of war, uh, to, be, to not be bloodthirsty, or, but to be reluctant to fight, uh, but to defend ourselves when needed. And this I say in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time.